You're listening to Crusader Chronicles Episode 20, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 164 from October 1976. Welcome to the 20th episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Chris Tatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and have some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Speaking about my friends, let's see who's with me this episode. We're going to start with Delvin the Dark Web Williams. He's back with us, folks. Shut up! (laughs) Trust me, that's going to make more sense later. Just keep going. (laughs) Okay, so then I guess we'll move on to Jason the Weasel Skull Albert. Oh, thanks for having me on, Pat. It's been a long day. I feel like somebody's drained the life force right out of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, you know what? I can feel for you. I feel in the same way myself. Let's see if Jarrett is with us. Jarrett Albrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Bad. It's a prescription for danger. I'm in good spirits right now. I got a brand new pair of purple pants, and I got to tell you guys, they look good, especially when I put this little orange sweater vest on with them. <laughs> But you know what? I can picture you like that. That's how I do it, man. And if I could put like a white dinner jacket over my orange sweater <laughs> vest in addition to my purple pants, watch out, man. Watch out. <laughs> no chubbins. <laughs> chubbins, yes. That should be a Halloween costume. Chubbins. We can, we can go. market that one. <laughs> Well, with that, I think we'll get started with this episode's issue, but let's take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. Hey everybody, this is Drew from Cadmus to Crisis, a Superboy podcast. We're new here on the Superman Podcast Network and we're following the adventures of Superboy in his 1990s comic book and a lot of his crossovers. So if you want to hear more about Superboy and, you know, cool shades, leather jackets, uh, Hawaii, I think he fights Sidearm, uh, he fights uh, Captain Boomerang, and no wait, he works with Captain Boomerang. Anyway, we're available on iTunes and, you know, everywhere else you can get a podcast. So come check us out. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the featured comic of this episode. It's Amazing Spider-Man number 164. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Thank you, Mike. So we got a publisher of Marvel. Cover date of January 1977, but it was on sale on October 12th, 1976. Got a cover price of 30 cents. And we have Delvin's favorite editor and writer is Len Wein. Penciler is Ross Andrew. (laughs) And we have everybody's moment that you've been waiting for is the inker, the one, the only, Mike Esposito! Letterer is Joseph Rosen. Rosen, Rosen, Rosen. Keep those letters, Rosen. The Color Me Bad colorist is Glennis Ween. If you want to read along with us, you can by either having this issue. It's also reprinted in the Essential Spider-Man Volume 8 trade paperback. Or you can also follow along on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to John Romita. Speaking of the cover, let's get a brief overview of it from Jared. Happy to do it. All right, folks. The Marvel Comics Group banner is in school bus yellow letters on a midnight coffin black background on this one. Yes, I'm going to be doing a bit of overly expressive colors here. And it's still the classic Standing Spidey in the corner box, which is colored a seafoam green. The iconic Amazing Spider-Man logo in glorious fire engine red and blueberry blue dangles from some nicely visible (laughs) webs. The main action is highly reminiscent of James Bond's For Your Eyes Only movie poster with some subtle differences. If you remember the Bond poster, you'll remember that it's a shot low and behind and between 
between a sexy woman's legs, and Roger Moore appears action-ready and charismatic in the center. Just replace the sexy legs with the pinstripe plum purple tree trunks of Kingpin's legs. (laughs) Couldn't get through my own line without laughing. And replace charismatic Roger Moore with a beaten-down Spider-Man, making his last grab up for Kingpin's cane. Yes, he's reaching for his cane. Yes. 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 Kingpin yes. can't resist taunting our webslinger in his final moments, and two word balloons proclaim, pleading won't help you, webslinger. Within seconds, you'll be dead, and there's nothing you can do to prevent it. Finally, across the bottom, a cover blurb informs us that this could indeed be the final hour. That's a wrap, Pat. All right. Well, thank you for that very colorful <laughs> description of the cover. like the Glennis Ween point of view. Yeah, I'd appreciate it. That makes it pop a little bit more. Well, why don't we find out what everybody's quick thoughts are on this cover? Let's go to Jason. It's cool if you like looking at Kingpin's butt. <laughs> Jared nailed it. I guess our minds think alike because that's the first thing I thought too. Is like, man, I figure his only cover was pretty cool, and this one's just kind of, eh. <laughs> I guess Glennis ran out of purple, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. I, oh, okay. This cover's not going to score very high with me. I guess I'll just leave it at that. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Dang. So, so you want us to edit the last few parts of that? Then <laughs> now you can keep the kingpin's butt thing in there. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what Delvin thought. I liked it. It was simple and effective. People love the word balloons. You know, those are always classic. And it had Spidey in peril with the kingpin in the foreground, and he looked really menacing. I actually liked it a lot. I just heard Delvin thinks kingpin has a sweet butt. <laughs> Well, I mean, he is, you know, sumo. He works out. Would you say he has a sweetum of a... <laughs> no, I, I would, <laughs> would not, I would oh, not say oh, that Maybe that's all. just me. I'm sorry. Be yourself. <laughs> Let's go to Jared. Jared, what's your thoughts on the cover? I like the cover as well. I like the way that it is framed with the kingpin, even though those of us who are Bond fans can't help comparing it to the James Bond cover that's decisively less sexy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Delvin's right. Spies in Peril, kingpin's looming. It does its job. It's not a bad cover. What do you think, Pat? It's not one of my favorite covers. I think the kingpin takes up too much of the cover. <laughs> <laughs> Big booty hoes, up with it! <laughs> <laughs> Mama, <laughs> I like purple butts and I can that. Listen, um, I'm sorry. doing my best to clean up this podcast. So you're not helping. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing the Amazing Spider-Man title like it's a thong. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He is. I mean, I'm not trying to make it. Uh, oh. Okay, I'll I'll shut up now. <laughs> I think the coloring's good. The purple does stand out. That makes Spider-Man stand out on the cover as well. And you're kind of wondering, what is actually happening here? Why is he on the ground? That's about all I got for this. So why don't we go ahead and get to the ratings? I think everybody kind of gave it away, but let's really find out. So for our rating system, it is a one through five. One is it ruffled your tummy feathers. Two, you didn't like it. Three, you liked it. Four, you really liked it. Or five, it tickled your tummy feathers. Let's find out. Jarrett, what did it do for you? I liked it. That's a three. Middle of the road three. John Romita, still a great artist. Three. Delvin. I'll go with Jared. I'll also give it a three. Okay. Jason. Two. Oh, two. That means you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I I'm just wondering. I can try to understand the rating scale. I just a purple scale. marker over half of a book and <laughs> call it good. <laughs> That's John Romita, man. How dare I, you? I know. I know it's John Romita. I love John Romita, but this is not a good cover what you're not a good cover how about that you know i've been i've been i'm 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 between i'm torn as you can tell i'm trying to speak my words and i can't because i'm torn between a two and a three myself oh well you could always go halvesies yeah i could no you cannot no i I was baiting a trap i was baiting a trap (laughs) (laughs) yeah do it pat it's okay go halvesies sure see what happens I'm going to go with a two as well. I'm going to agree with Jason on this. Wow. Are we back to our split teams here again, I think? Apparently we are. Looks like we are. So uh, with that, then I'm going to put the call out again. Either you're on a team dark web. I guess guess I get to be on team cool guys this time. (laughs) Team cool guys again, yeah. Yeah. How'd you guys do last time? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Good. (laughs) 
So let us know out there in listener land if you agree, is this a three? Or maybe it's even more for you. Or if it's a two, let us know if you agree with the two cool guys. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, help us out here. So... (laughs) Let us know, and we will reveal your results on our comments on the next show. But with that, let's get into the story and find out a little bit more about what happens in this issue. Delvin, take it away. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider a spider-man stanley presents the amazing spider-man title of this issue is called Deadline. This issue begins hot. The Spidey is tied to a table by the kingpin, hooked up to a life-draining device that Wilson plans to use to revive his son, Little Richard. Kingpin's wife, Vanessa, semi-protests Wilson's plan to take one life for another. Vanessa is one long, tall Sally. Kingpin pulls the switch and good golly Miss Molly, the crazy plan works and Richard is revived. After the procedure, Spidey was all, ooh, my soul. As Kingpin tells him he has only about six hours to live and Kingpin has his goons dump Spidey's body. Spidey, with a whole lot of shaking going on, somehow makes it home to try to rest but Glory Grant just keep a knocking. And so Spidey makes a rendezvous to Dr. Kirk Connors' lab instead. Kirk gives Spidey a jolt of energy, making him ready Freddy and Kirk accidentally takes a jolt of energy himself, foreshadowing a return of the lizard. Spidey searches for Kingpin, Vanessa, and Richard with plans to use the device Doc Connors gave him to siphon his life force back. Spidey finds the trio and ambushes Richard, successfully gaining back his life force and, to the kingpin, killing his son again, which enrages kingpin, causes Spidey and he to rip it up in battle. The battle ends with kingpin slipping and sliding his way to what seems to be a watery burial, while Spidey watches Vanessa leave off with Richard. Vanessa gives Spidey a stern warning not to follow, and Spidey goes to eat a bowl of tutti frutti. Woo! Oh, Rudy. I have questions. Yes. <laughs> How long into that summary did you go before you had to Google Little Richard songs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was from the very start. And so the challenge became how many Little Richard songs could I work into that synopsis? You did a pretty good job. I've got to give you credit. Awesome. As your friend who has championed the golden oldies age of rock and roll for our entire friendship, I'm proud of you. Thank you, Pat. That ties back to my beginning when I told you to shut up. Like uh, see, there. I get it now, yeah. Ah, there you go. Full circle. Seriously, though, if you could shut up, it'd be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay, guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> why did someone just tell me that in episode one? <laughs> why did we 20, wait 20 wait, episodes? You wait 20 episodes? <laughs> well, Delvin, you know, you, you do such a good job like this. The bar is going to get higher and higher for you. I know. That Brave Star one was excellent. Yeah, that was that, good, too. That's fine. Bring it. I like the challenge. All right. Thank you again, Delvin. I truly enjoyed that one. So why don't we get to the brick or brack for this issue? Let's get to first read or reread. It's a first read for me. Jason? First read for me as well. How about you, Delvin? First read for me. Jared. Get your butterflies in the sky, boys. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Is it the reading rainbow? <laughs> oh, I love it when we have a reading rainbow. It puts a joy in my heart and a smile on my face. Let's get into some highs and lows. Delvin, let's start with you. Sweet. Highs and lows. All righty. We'll go with a couple of Highs first overall is a fast-paced story that pretty briskly moves from place to place in a coherent fashion. For me, that's like pretty high cotton compliment for Lynn Wayne, right? High. There's also good foreshadow to the lizard. You know, as soon as he got zapped and he was like, oh, oh I'm fine. Yeah. I'm like, you are not fine, sir. You are, <laughs> you are not. You are a liar, Doc. So, yep, sometimes Lynn kind of puts it off for a few issues and this time he didn't. It looks like we're going to be seeing good old lizard next issue. The low, forgive me, is 
two, but both of them kind of small. A stop at home wasn't really needed at all. He didn't have any reason to go home, crawl in bed, and then decide he needed Doc Connors. He could have just went to Doc. And then the other one that could almost fall in a silly Spidey sort of. It's like, if you're Kingpin, and as he mentioned in his book, he hated Spidey more than any other human being alive at the time. Why did he have to tell him exactly how much time he had to live? He should have lied. He should have been like, I mean, you're going to feel weak, but don't worry, dude. You're going to feel much better later. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's going to work out, Spidey. Yeah, you're going to be A-OK. Six hours later, you know, Dr. Watson comes from England. He he did. He did. (laughs) (laughs) So, small break, but that's all that I had for the highs and lows. What about you, Jared? As usual, I have 47 highs and three lows. Yes. Just only 47? Just 47. He's softening up. Yeah. Oh, I will stick to the formula of two highs and one low. We'll start with my low. I don't like that do-rag that Gloria Grant's wearing on her head. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) She's got beautiful hair. I don't know why she would hide it. Uh, Maybe it was like dress up night or something, pirate night or something. It's stuff. pirate night, yeah. It was pirate night. And I oh, I thought you meant like she was doing her hair and she had to cover it, you know, to keep oh, it. Oh, that may be it. Yeah. That may be. Well, it. that could, yeah. She's getting prepped to go out. I just don't think it's Ross Andrews' best drawing of her on that bottom left panel when she's running out. I just think not, not, not a great drawing. But if that's the only panel that I have complaint about in art, yeah, she's got cool. like it's like a man arm there. Yeah, it's something not quite right about it. But that is like the smallest of complaints. And since we're talking about that scene, I feel like maybe Lynn is setting something up with Gloria Grant because, like Delvin said, it makes no sense for him to go home, but yet he's made a point in each of these last few books to make sure she makes an appearance. So I feel like he's working on setting something up, but we'll see. Let me ask you that about him being home. How far away do you think he got dropped off? Did the goon's car get close to where his home is and then throw him out the car door? He rolled under the truck. Yeah. And I guess they lucked up and he was at least a truck drive away from his place relatively close. I thought that was weird. It was like, okay, you're going to take him for a drive and then just dump him in the street somewhere. And that's Why what they did. Just... They just treated him like everyday trash. Yeah. Sounds like something that could be discussed during your highs and lows, Pat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's my time. It's my highs and lows now. <laughs> but I didn't do my two highs. <laughs> Fine. All right. My two highs are also relatively simple. Same scene with Gloria. I really like the attention to detail that Ross Andrew and maybe a little Lynn Wayne did with Spidey's apartment. They use yes. the same blanket. They have that poster or the every day and every way I'm getting mm-hmm. better and better poster still up in the background. Nice continuity there. So that's going to be a high for me. And my final high is going to be Vanessa Fisk in general. I've always liked her as a character. She always does the coolest things when she shows up. She's like the kingpin if he didn't have like this temper that leads him astray. She's like always cool and collected and makes what I think is really smart decisions. I just like that character so I like seeing her again. And that is it for my highs and lows. Pat, who are we going to throw it to next, bud? It will be Jason. Well, I thought that overall this was a really good issue. Kind of reminded me of Crank a little bit. Or maybe oh, yeah. what, or what was that one from with Dennis Quaid? It was a remake, I think. DOA or DOA. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of got that feel from the story, which was pretty cool. I thought that overall there was a lot of good action. And like Delvin said, the story moved quickly. I'll just go to the one thing that really kind of bothered me throughout is I was like, so is he going to kill Richard to get his life force back. And so I was kind of trying to think like ethically, you know, would Spidey do that? Is that within his character? I could certainly see where he'd be justified, but is that like what Spidey would do? And I think that they just kind of copped out at the end and said, oh, you just got like most of your life force back and Richard will be okay and you'll be okay. I thought that they kind of chickened out there in the end, but it was funny to see him shoot him in the head with the little suction cup thing <laughs> and get his life force back. <laughs> it's like um, Richard Pryor and the toy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. The other thing that I really did like about it was I liked the heart that was in there. And even though I agree with you, Delvin, it probably wasn't necessary for him to go back to his apartment. I think it was, again, a chance to see like Peter's friends and how much they care about him and what they'll do for him, which I thought was kind of nice in the book. So overall, it was a decent read and I enjoyed it. What do you think, Pat? I was kind of questioning that, too, is like, so Fisk builds this big machinery to do the swap and then all Spidey needs to do 
is just suction cup to his head and pull it back again. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know he had a kid, so that was something new. And I've never met Vanessa before, so she was an interesting character as well. Um, It serves me that Richard Fisk is going to show up a lot, be a major player in the Spidey universe. Baby, if I can pay you to a kiss Kiss from the rose. That, that, that may or may not have been a hint to something. Like okay. That. Yeah, keep going. I think he plays a villain named The Kiss. The Kiss? <laughs> that is, that, you, you know me, Jason. You know me. <laughs> I do like the callbacks that they do to two other issues. They call back to the Captain America issue, number 146, mm-hmm. how his son dies, and Spider-Man 85 when he was the schemer. That makes me want to go back and read that and look up that Captain America issue to learn a little bit more about what actually happened to fill in the blanks there. And that's why I like that world building kind of suckers me in because there's a bigger story going on. I did enjoy the fight scenes. I think this was a lot better fight between the two than the previous issue. Kind of uh, goes back to what Jason said. Remember, Jason said if Spidey had been, like, poisoned or something, it would be a more interesting fight, and that's kind of what we got here. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. I'm very smart and wise. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, Delvin mentioned it too about the lizard possibly coming back again, Len planting that seed, and he does it very quickly. We only have like one thread to pick up on now, not like two or three threads that we had in the past. I guess this kind of comes to the end of what we've seen previously. So did it pan off? All right. Eh, I guess I was a little let down. I was expecting a little bit more. I'm like, you know, how can you just capture Spidey and suck his powers out and everything be okay? Well, I mean, the lizard, I mean, excuse me, Kirk Connors, and he came out with his MacGuffin, because that's what it's called, and, you know, and, and Spidey used the MacGuffin to help himself get his powers back, and everything was good. Eh. Yeah. You were just looking for some sort of a bigger bang at the end yeah. of the pen arc, is that what you're saying? Yeah, a little bit bigger bang, you know, and then he just falls into the water and that's about it. That's the last appearance of the Kingpin, too. He's officially dead. Yeah, we'll never see him again. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, boys, you know the old adage in comic books, they're not dead if you don't see the body. Oh, I thought it was uh, they're not dead unless they're Uncle Ben. <laughs> that one works, too. It used to be Uncle Ben and Bucky, but... really enjoyed the artwork in it and the colors as well so let's get to silly spidey moments for this issue jared what's your silly spidey moment oh i get to go first i don't think i'm gonna steal anybody's but i guess we'll find out content page eight when he goes to visit dr connor's he rings the doorbell and dr connor's opens the door and spidey is so exhausted knocking on heaven's door he flops in and still has time to make a pun. He (laughs) says, hi, Doc. Sorry to drop in on you like this. And I was like, hell yeah, (laughs) Spider-Man. Puns on Death's Door. (laughs) Totally respect that. So that gets my silly spiting moment. (laughs) What about you, Jason? I'm going to go with content page three when he's strapped to the table and Vanessa comes in and initially tries to talk Kingpin out of doing the deed. And then she said, well, I've had my say. I'm on my way. And Spidey says, no, wait. (laughs) Say anything. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) predicting. That's funny. Delvin, how about you? Yeah, so it's kind of offbeat, but I thought it was funny that Richard was a total b- to his dad, right? It was like, I didn't ask to be born. Well, here's your blue truck, Richard. I wanted a red one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I didn't ask to be reborn either. Like, Why did you save me? You're like, dude. I hate spiders. Dad. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I want some flies now. Give me good flies. Well, here's some juicy flies. I want to juicy your flies. <laughs> I mean, just came off the table, like, just like a total, complete brat. Like, wow. Okay, dude. What about you, Pat? You know me. I like the <laughs> the words and uh, what Spider-Man likes to call different things. He calls them a couple of different things in this episode, and Kingpin just lets him kind of get away with it. And what I found interesting is that Kingpin would just keep calling him insect or whatever like that. I'm like, come on, Kingpin. You, you can't come up with something better than insect. But I'm going to go with, you guys all said it, the Chubbins. So uh, there's a couple of different times he calls them Chubbins. That made me laugh. <laughs> You're always good for a Chubbins. Mm-hmm. It sounds uh, I was... weird when you say it like that. <laughs> yes, we may have to edit that one out. I don't know. <laughs> 
the other thing I saw I thought was kind of funny too is when he goes to see Dr. Connors. How big is his apartment slash laboratory? The thing's in like New- huge. The, the ceilings look huge once they in- get into the laboratory. In New York, no less. You know, he must be on the same budget as the people from Friends in the 90s. <laughs> must be lucrative being a doctor. Tell you what, I would give my right arm for a place like that. <laughs> 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 hang on, hang on. <laughs> okay, I'm there. Speaking about giving, let's go ahead and find out what we will rate this issue. It's in a rating of one through five. One, you ruffled your tubbing feathers. Two, you didn't like it. Three, you liked it. Four, you really liked it. And five, it tickled your tummy feathers. Let's see, Delvin, what would you rate this issue? I'm going to be nice to Lynn today. Today, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, it's Be Nice to Lynn Wing Day. Oh, I didn't know that. I made it up, but I mean, hey, it still can be a day, right? I'm giving this one a four or five. I thought it was a good arc and a good fight to finish the arc. Well, it was kind of a year-long build-up since we were wondering who Mr. Big was back when the Sandman yeah. was looking for it and they even explained it like a couple of times Spidey inadvertently thwarted Kingpin's plans to try to revive his son. So all of it did come together and ended in a pretty brutal and personal fight against the Kingpin. So I thought it was a well-done story arc. Good job, Lynn. You might not ever hear me say that again. So, <laughs> yeah. Jared, what do you think? First of all, happy be nice to Lynn Ween Day to you, sir. Hey, happy be nice to Lynn Ween Day to you, Jared. And I'm with you. I'm giving it a four. I thought it was a fun ride. Lots of adventure. Lots of fun. Four. What do you got, Pat? Uh, even though it's be nice to Lynn Ween Day, I'm going to have to give this... <laughs> Bob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I liked it. It just didn't. I was something missing. The buildup was there, but it didn't pay off that well for me. It was Gloria Grant's do-rag, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) No. Just one just didn't pay off for me on this one, so I'm giving it a three. Jason, how about you? Well, I'm glad Delvin gave it a four. I know that I beat up the cover pretty bad. I actually scored this one a four as well. I think Len Wayne, as he's written Spider-Man more, seems like the puns are getting a little funnier. Seems to be a little more in character. This one had a lot of heart to it. You know, even Kingpin, as villainous as the plot is, you can really understand it from the position of a father trying to save his son. And you got to respect that on some level. I thought, as far as spectacle goes, there was a lot of action and tying into the art. Ross Andrew again puts together a great story. Jared touched on the details in the apartment. I thought the details on the wharf during the battle scene were outstanding. So all in all, I think this is going to land a four for me. I really liked it. Wow. So I'm left hanging all by myself with the three. On Be Nice to Lindy. 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 Yeah. Just me. One cool guy just left here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll take it. That'll bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter or Facebook page. We will be right back. Hey, folks, this is Jared Albrick, a.k.a. The Yard Sale Artist and semi-regular co-host of the Longbox Crusade podcast with Pat Sampson. Pat came to me recently with a fantastic idea on how we might get the podcast community involved in taking some action to do some good. He called this idea Comics for Courage. Comics for Courage is a concept that came to Pat after I told him the fantastic true story of when I was stationed in Iraq during my military service. While there, I received a huge care package of comic books from the awesome folks over at Wizard and Toy Fair magazines. We had so many comics, we didn't know what to do with them all. Seriously, it was over 100 pounds of comics. So me and a couple of buddies took the bounty of comics we had down to the give-and-take library we'd set up in our headquarters building. And you know what? Within 24 hours, all the comics were gone. The bottom line here is that throughout history, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, one thing remains a constant. Soldiers love comics. It's quick, easy, fun reading that gives a soldier a taste of home and lets them escape into an amazing world of comics, even if it's just for a few minutes. So here's the best part of Comics for Courage. Pat and I aren't asking you to donate one cent of your money to Comics for Courage. What we would love is for you to donate your excess comics. You know those ones that are just kind of laying around. Just drop them into a box or a big envelope and mail them over to supportourtroops.org. Their mailing address is Support Our Troops, 13617 North Florida Avenue, Tampa, Florida, 33613. 
Now, they will make sure those comics get distributed to random soldier care packages. And as a person who's been on the receiving end of this, I can tell you it will mean a lot. And if you'd rather donate money than give up a single comic book, trust me, we understand about that. You can donate through their website as well. Again, that's supportourtroops.org. Just remember two things, all right? Two things. One, make sure the comics have good, clean content. No nudity or adults-only comics, please. Those are the rules for any military member receiving goods downrange. Okay, and number two, this is the fun one. Please take a picture of you with your donation stack and post it on Twitter or Facebook at Longbox Crusade. Or email it to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'd love to give you an on-air shout-out and post your pick on the longboxcrusade.com website. In summary, Pat and I over at Longbox Crusade Podcast would greatly appreciate you taking this small action to make a difference in the life of someone who is far from home defending our freedoms. Thank you for supporting the Comics for Courage initiative. That website, again, is supportourtroops.org. Please check it out. Throw them some comics. Make some soldiers happy. We appreciate it. Thanks again. All right, folks. We're about to get in the feedback portion of our show tonight. It's going to go old school. It's just me and Pat. Delvin and Jason both left because they scored some tickets to the Little Richard concert. Shut up. Yeah. Here's the messed up part. They got four tickets. They left with four tickets. <laughs> How does that make you feel, Pat? I feel a little hurt. I feel a little mm-hmm. excited for them. How about you? Uh, just hurt. Okay. I mean, they won four tickets, and they're like, we got four tickets. And they were like jumping up and down going, we got four tickets. We're going to see Little Richard. We got four tickets. And then they just left. <laughs> they didn't ask us if we wanted to go. <sighs> So, I mean, I I guess we got to do the feedback without them. That's all I'm saying. Yep, let's do it. Well, anyway, I hope Jason and Delvin have a really good time at the concert. Don't know who the other two people they took are. I suspect they went with the professors. They probably went with Professor Allen and Professor Frenzy. That's what I think. Maybe Chris from BTO at Bat Books. Yeah, Books, yeah. Yeah, I think Chris, yep. Okay. I don't know who they gave that. Ruth. They they took Ruth. (laughs) It's the only girl they know. Oh, well, speaking of all these great people who support our shows, let's go old school, buddy. Me and you doing the social media's likes, shares, and retweets. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. I'm so excited to do this. According to my script, the order goes me, then you, then me, then you, then me, then you. <laughs> let's see if we can keep that up. <laughs> Remember whose turn it is. <laughs> yes. Okay. These likes, shares, and retweets are from both episodes 18 and 19. We're compiled. We got a pretty long list of names. We appreciate that support. And we're going to mm-hmm. kick it off with. Sherlock 28. Next we have Aaron Head Moss. Alan Middleton. Thanks, Professor. Have fun at the show. <laughs> we just assume you're at the little <laughs> show. Art Shirley. Austin Kuykendall. Bill Bear. Bradford William. That's from the random name generator. I'm almost positive. <laughs> well, that's a cool name. Thanks, Bradford. Bronze Age Babies. We got one from Bub. Just Bub. He's at Captain Sulu. Ooh. Oh, bye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now let's get to the fun part here. We have Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Let it roll! Let it roll. Down a highway! Oh, what are we going to do? We don't have Jason. Let's just pretend it does it. <laughs> <laughs> Clinton Robinson, cuckoo cuckoo Followed up by his podcast, Coffee and Comics. Except we got Collateral Cinema. That's a pretty exciting name. Thanks, Collateral Cinema. Then we have some newcomers at Cruise and Bay's Comics Club. And next up, we got Daniel Naves Sunde. I think I nailed that. I think you did. Better than I would have. But we got Dave D at Shield Agent 132. What's his non-Twitter? name again? Dave D. Dave D's nuts! (laughs) (laughs) You got me. Uh, uh, Next up, Dave Collins. That That was just a crazy old man. Now it's time for (laughs) debate. Next up, we want to thank Delante Washing. Thanks, D-Dub. We have a D-S-N-R-S. Esquire. Thank you, Darren. <laughs> Thank you, Darren and Ruth. We are making some waves in the comic book world because we got to like, share, and or retweet from The Flash. Mm-hmm. Just Flash. At Mendez 02158416. I think that's their locker combination. <laughs> 
That was a good one. Uh, he, I like how you called it too. You called it oh, well, speaking of a good one, let's talk about Gail Walks Into a Comic Shop Podcast. Thank you. Jerry, Jerry Green, the podcast machine. Why not? Uh, Thanks, Jerry. I think that's meant for Gene. You know, I do what I want. Green Lantern HG. Thank you, DL. Speaking of which, right after him, we got a shout out from Hal Jordan. Thanks, Hal Jordan. Good luck on this next name, Pat. Ivan Chule. I would have gone with Chudley. Chudley? Okay. I don't know. Ivan Chudley. I don't know. Ivan, let us know if I said that right. If I didn't, tell us how to say it correctly. But thank you, Ivan. And thank you to Jake and Tom Conker. James Gregg. Shout out to Juliana. Thank you, Juliana. Juliana. That's fun to say. I just like saying Juliana. Well, and I like to say Justice's First Dawn. Thank you to Keith Bricker. Thanks, Keith. Want to give a big hello to Keithian. Ken Barr Jr. A big high five to Ken Solo. We love you, Ken. Kirby. Just Kirby. Next, we have Larry W. Looper Jr. Our friend met in person, the lovely Laurel. Thank you, Laurel. Let's talk comic book art at Man Firestorm. This might be the coolest name ever but a big thank you and shout out to Lobo Black Wolf. Well, this one has been around for quite a while, but we found it. <laughs> Lost in Time. Thank you, Lost in Time. And our old friend Nethead is back. Thanks, Nethead. Nethead is awesome. So is Nimrod. <laughs> Hopefully I'm saying that right. If I'm not, maybe I'm the Nimrod. You know who's not a Nimrod? No. Professor who ta- Frenzy. Professor. The Professor. Thanks, Professor Frenzy. Let's talk about Rich. <laughs> What's his Twitter handle? <laughs> At Rich Deer Meat. <laughs> At Rich Deer Meat. Oh, that's that, a pretty good deer meat. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Let's keep the Richard ball rolling with Richard J. Folks. Thanks, Richard. Well, if we're talking about Richards, why not talk about Rick Blair? Woo! Shout out to Rolled Spine Podcasts. Thank you guys over at the Rolled Spine. Appreciate it. Ross Michaud. Thank you, old school Ross. You know, Pat, some people like their Ryans yearly. Some people mm-hmm. like their Ryans monthly. Ah, yes. Some people like their Ryans weekly. You know how I like my Ryans? Semi-annually. Daily. Ryan oh. Daily. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. This one, Jared, I want you to keep it a secret because it's Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Speaking of Sean's, we got Sean Urbanski. Thanks, Street Level Floppies. My nickname was Street Level Floppies for a while. I was just floppy. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone and roll into our next one, which is the Bat Pod. The Hoopers. <laughs> Let's have our next contestant come on down. It's Tim Price. The price is always right. Live long and prosper. The Trekker Talk. And let's round this whole thing up with Warlord Worlds at Warlord Worlds. Get your mic grill fix at Warlord Worlds. Thanks, everybody, for those likes, shares, and or retweets. Should we do social media comments? Let's do it. We have social media comments from episode 18 and 19 rolled in together. Mm-hmm. Let's be organized and break them out. So why don't you grab your favorite comment from episode 18? And as a reminder, 18 was the episode that had Amazing Spider-Man featuring Punisher and Nightcrawler. I think it rounded up that whole story arc. Yep. That was pretty cool because that was the first appearance of Jigsaw and the first mm-hmm. appearance of Marla. So that was a cool issue. Oh, yeah. We haven't figured out what Marla is up to yet. Oh, I know what she's up to, but I'm going to keep it a secret secret. I got, I got a secret. So why don't you grab a comment that you particularly like from episode 18, my friend? All right. First up, we have one from Ross Michaud. And Ross says, welcome. Oh, poor misguided Pat. I think he's talking about me. Excuse. <laughs> I've been rocking the International Man of Mystery tracksuit since I got a fine U.S. Air Force issued yellow PT tracksuit ensemble in the 80s. Just took off the jacket to properly represent the 207 in the photo. And Ross had a photo of him in that tracksuit. Very cool. Ross, thank you. Yeah, we love things from the 80s and we certainly love tracksuits. So he's tickling us right in our tummy feathers. (laughs) I want to read a comment from Dave Collins at Old Bid One, who might be our number one fan. Dave Collins wanted to talk about the battle wagon and his comment said, Battle wagon. The Punisher calls it his battle wagon through most of his time, especially after he gets his own book. Man, if only someone you guys know was a huge Punisher fan, I could have contributed to this episode. Well, we love the fact that you backed us up on Battle Wagon, since that's obviously what it said in the comic book. So we Mm -hmm. feel like you're part of the show. So thanks, Dave. Yes. And when we find that Punisher fan, we'll let you know. The Battle Wagon. Yeah. It's never been called anything but the Battle Wagon. I'm almost positive. Or has it been called Wagon of Battle? Oh, I think you're right. I think for a while there, they called it the Wagon of Battle. Ah, yes. We got another comment here from Ivan Chugley, Ivan C, and he says to us, by the way, fantastic episode had me in stitches. Alien head, okay, thumbs up for two. Alien head, okay, thumbs up for two to you too, Ivan. Mm-hmm. We got a comment in here from Professor Allen, who says, RE Comics for Courage, you are very welcome. It's a great idea. I was glad to participate.
date. That's just a reminder that we gave big props to Professor Allen in episode 18 because he took up our challenge on Comics for Courage. He sent a big stack of comics to the Support Our Troops folks down there in Florida, who I'm certain mm-hmm. for them to troops downrange. So once again, thanks, Professor. Thanks for doing it. And for all the other people who have taken part in Comics for Courage, if you don't know about it, I'm sure Pat will play the promo sometime soon. That I will, Jared. That I will. Or have I already? Mm. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> now let's get into some comments from episode 19 with our special guest, Sean Ross, where we covered Amazing Spider-Man, the first part of the Kingpin storyline, along with the X-Men's face-off with Juggernaut. We have one from Green Lantern HG. GLHG says, done with this episode. Help, how do I explain to the girl behind the counter that just handed me my coffee that I took a sip from and spit out laughing all over her counter? <laughs> Sorry, miss, but these goofballs. <laughs> well, we are not liable for any <laughs> property or personal damage that is caused by listening to this podcast. We hope that you will continue, but do it safely. Yes. If you get coffee stains on your shirt, all I can recommend is walking in the rain. rain. That coffee stain that be the same. I've got a comment here from Ryan Daly. Ryan says to me directly that if I can prove my woke credentials, I can call Glory Assista. I've contacted my local woke regional offices, the WRO. They're processing my paperwork. Although when I turned in all the paperwork properly filled out, they said woke people don't fill out proper paperwork. So that's not a good sign for me. Best of luck to you, buddy. I hope you get it. I do too. I gotta get it. I got to get, get it. Where the heck was Al Sedano? Al Sedano. I don't know. <laughs> Al, come back to us, buddy. Yes, Al. We miss you. All right. Let's get another one here from Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power Pack. That's a great podcast. I believe it's probably Rick saying, damn it, now I'm listening to this show. People need to stop putting out good content. Can do. Yep. I think if you listen to this episode, I think we've done it already. I think we've already cut the good content level down. We can can pull it down a good 30, 40%. Easy. We're good at that. I'm going to bring in a quote from our buddy T. Price. Price is right. He says in reference to the cover of Spider-Man number 163, where Kingpin was trying to squash Spidey with a desk, he said at least Kingpin wasn't using... A trash can. A trash can. (laughs) And before we go, i got to throw in one more comment from Dave Collins, possibly our number one fan. He said, you guys need to tone down the language. This is supposed to be a family show. How can I let my kid listen when you're throwing silly head around? Oh, I'm sorry. We should probably should bleep that. We probably should bleep that. He said, gosh, just typing it makes me blush. These are things that happen when Delvin isn't around. Then he told us to straighten up and then he told us how much he loves the Punisher battle wagon. So that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. He's right. We do need to straighten up. I mean, silly head, we're really pushing the bounds. Hey, that's what we're all about. Pushing the bounds here. Well, with that, we want to thank everyone for the follows, likes, shares, and comments. We truly appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. Without you, we wouldn't have the fun that we do. Speaking about having fun, it looks like Jason and Delvin are back from the Little Richard concert. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website longboxcrusaderchronicles.blogspot.com where the posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to give a big thanks to Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where listeners can find us on the internet. Jason? Thanks, Pat. I'm going to hijack the show for just a moment and give a big shout out and gratitude to Norm Bray Fogle who left us today. Norm Bray Fogle is one of the artists that brought me back into comic books when I was in high school. So without his influence, I wouldn't be here on the show today. Just wanted to say that. If you want to chat with me about Norm or any other topics, you can find me, Jason Albrick, on Facebook or Instagram or at Weasel Skull on Twitter. Delvin? You can find me on Twitter as well, D-E-E underscore R-A-Y-1977. And I will also second Jason's condolences to Norm Bray Fogle and his family, who uh, he has left behind. Uh, rest in peace. Jared. Definitely second that. Norm Brayfogle, my favorite Batman artist of all time. And if you'd like to chat about that, you can chat me up at Yard Sale Artists on Facebook or at Yard Sale Artists on Twitter, at Yard Sale Artists on Instagram, or you can find me and join a delicious hostess 
cheesecake anywhere, fine baked products are sold. <laughs> well, I am also going to agree with you guys as well on Norm Brainfogel. Thank you, Norm. You will definitely be missed and blessing to your family in this time. With that, you can find me on Twitter at Christatos01. So it's definitely a bummer that we lost Norm Brayfogel today, but let's put a positive spin on this. Let's talk about our favorite things that we've gotten from Norm Brayfogel. Jason alluded to a little earlier that Norm kind of helped bring him into comics. So, Jason, you want to expand on that just a little bit and then maybe pass it off to somebody else? Yeah, I read a lot of comics as a kid growing up, and then as you do, you kind of get older and you start getting into more uh, mature things, so to speak. And as a young teenager, I guess I was maybe 14, 15, and I saw Detective Comics on the shelf, and the cover looked really interesting, and I picked it up and got hooked right away. And it's one of the things that brought me back into comic book reading, and I never quit since. And it was Norm Brayfogle's art that pulled me in. So thanks for a lot of great times. Jared, any thoughts? Big Brayfogle fan, so a lot of great, obviously, Batman stuff comes to mind. But I'm going to say my favorite Brayfogle memory right now actually has to do with James Bond. That's because I was chatting with the artist on the new James Bond series, Jason Masters. And Jason Masters draws really, really good fluid action, which was a hallmark of Brayfogle. And I told Jason Masters that I felt like he was in the Brayfogle League of Fluid Action. And he was like, oh, that is a compliment I cannot accept. I'm nowhere near. And he's being humble. But I think just the fact that a great artist like Jason Masters wouldn't even accept the Brave Fogle Award is kind of uh, indicative of how impactful Brave Fogle's action was. Delvin? Thoughts on Norm Brayfogle? My main memory from Brayfogle probably came from Jared because Jared talked about Norm Brayfogle in college for us, and that was 215 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of if my friends have passions about a certain subject or a certain author or a certain artist, that I will at least take a look at that person's art or that person's work just so I can have a little bit of a more appreciation for my friends friend. And that's kind of what I got from Norm Brayfogle. I mean, and then on top of that, I mean, the artwork was fantastic of just how hyper-realistic it was and how he was able to create characters and bring his own spin to classic Batman characters and somehow make them his own. And those characters came from legends oftentimes. So that speaks volumes for the artists that Norm was. Pat, do you have anything? Yeah, I'll just touch on a few. You guys touched on a lot already two things. One would be, like Jason said, getting me into the Batman comics. That artwork really enjoyed it as I look back on it as a kid. I wish I would have, you know, knew what it was at the time, but, you know, being older, you I appreciate it a lot more. And the other thing that I want to mention is I really enjoyed the time all four of us had when we were talking on the JL May issue we did with his artwork in yes, it as well. Yes. I really enjoyed that. Good callback. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that Silver Age Flash. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That was really good. Man, bottom line, Norm Brayfogle, you get a five. You tickled all of our tummy. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. That's going to bring us to a close here. So thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. you got a comment or a question, email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care, and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to... Read the What's in your long box? <laughs> Read them all. <laughs>
The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-M-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We make no money on this podcast, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. I remember that, Pat, when he took over as Batman. That was after the whole Asriel debacle. And yeah, Prodigal. And I remember like Jim Gordon wasn't fooled by it. He's like, you don't think I know you're different? You're you're considerably shorter and slimmer. (laughs) Yeah, plus we've been hanging out for like 40 years. (laughs) And you keep saying dude. dude. (laughs) (laughs) He called me playa. (laughs) <laughs> like like you smell like Axe body spray <laughs> I was under the impression like you were sitting there like dying coughing like <laughs> that's what I thought these, too I gotta yeah. send these thoughts in I'm like he's pushing himself way too hard and it's like Delvin you should take get, get some rest take some medicine no man I gotta get this <laughs> <laughs> they have to know this is a four out of five <laughs> before I leave this earth that's right get it's, my notes we'll lose yourself playing in the background <laughs> <laughs> So basically, I'm talking to Jason. This is for me and Jason. We just be What careful. did I say? What did I say that got bleeped? <laughs> listen to listen to the playback. Listen, listen to every episode we've ever done. That's like the most bleeps in the. <laughs> yeah, it is the most bleeps in. You bleep uh, spotted d- and spotted d- didn't need to be that, bleeped. Jason, That's on, on you. I'm on Jason's side for that. Do we know who's got what? Who's got the Jared does? Okay, I got the cover. Okay. And I have the synopsis. Synopsis. And I got Mary Jane. <laughs> Peter. 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 Why don't you get purple pants like. <laughs> you got no fashion. <laughs> now let's get to the first featured comic of this episode. That's going to be. You mean the only featured comic? Yeah. <laughs> still the first. It's still the first. First read or reread. Pat? It's the first read for me. <laughs> I'm reading the script and my name's I'm Pat. I'm really cool. <laughs> that was the first episode. Oh shit, I got Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> I got Lord of the Rings hero click. That's cool. You know what? You're gonna have to dig all the way to this point in the recording to put that in outtakes. Just a random phrase of oh shit, I got Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Actually I think it's just called Baltimore Red Kingdom. Mm. Is it Balt is it Baltimore? Oh, I haven't heard that song in a long time. (laughs) Jungle nights. Message get to you.